hopefully for you today, man, you're going, you know, what am I trusting God for? And uh, we oftentimes uh, trust Him for, you know, sometimes simple things it seems like, but sometimes there's some risk involved. We're going to talk about that today. But a couple of quick things I want to remind you guys of before we get started with the message is we have Fallapalooza tonight. And uh, if you guys have not heard about Fallapalooza, it's a huge fall festival that we do tonight right out front. And we want you to reach out and uh, bring friends, family, whatever, you know, invite kids. If you know some kids, man, get them here. We want them to be blessed. So it's an opportunity for us to serve our community and to bless them. And then next week, we move to three services. So um, this will be, I, I posted it a while ago, since so last time I get to invite everybody to 9 or 1045. So, so from this point forward, it'll be 805, 945, and 1125. And just kind of as a reminder, we want you guys to, uh, to think about on the five. So we're going to pass out some candy bars. Go ahead and pass them out. we got some take five candy bars for you guys. And uh, so that's, you know, hey, listen, don't be sticking your trash in the back of the chairs either when you get done. So uh, I'm just saying, I know how some of you guys can be. But anyway, so just grab a candy bar. So this is a take five, a little reminder. And uh, thanks, man. I'll try to eat it here in a minute. But uh, anyway, so that's just a little reminder. Hey, if you're watching online, we'll send you one. But you got to go to my welcome and uh, fill that out and tell us, hey, man, we, we want a candy bar. We'll send you one. It may be melted when you get it. We can't guarantee it's not going to be. Uh, but uh, we will shoot you one out there so that you can be a part of what uh, God is doing here at Journey Church. But we are we're cool. We're excited about what God has in store. We were in the back just a few minutes ago just thanking God for what he has done up until this point. You know, and I think it's important to do that. You know, it's kind of like what Thanksgiving is. You get to that point, you go, hey, man, I want to thank God for all he's done. And so we're thanking God for what he's done from this point, but we're so excited about what's in front of us and what's in store for us. And so we're really looking forward to something uh, really exciting happening, even next week. And uh, one other thing, and we'll talk a little bit more about it later, but hey, don't forget about this, but sun, Saturday morning, uh, at 8 o'clock, we're, we're meeting at all the different schools, and uh, you're going to be recruited to come and uh, pray with us at these schools. And then we're coming back here for a special time of prayer. I'll talk a little bit more about it in the message. But uh, don't miss out on any of those things. Tonight, Fall Palooza. Next week, three services. But Saturday morning, we're going to have a time of prayer, and we're praying for God to do something special. So let's jump into our message. So in God We Trust, uh, we're talking about this today, and trusting God when there is big risk. I think most of us would agree that, you know, it's easy to kind of trust God on little things. You know what I'm saying? Like we trust God uh, for things that we think, hey, well, that's probably going to happen anyway. But when there's a lot of risk involved, man, it's a little bit harder to trust God. But here's the thing. That's when we really got to trust Him the most, right? When God says, you know, hey, listen, I want you to take a step. And you're going, hey, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Or I'm not sure. That's when faith comes into play. You know, and so we can, we, can, we can trust Him on some of the little things. And even, I'll just say this, there are times that we pray prayers that we can answer. You know what I'm saying? We can, if we'll just do it, we could do it. But the thing is, is we need to be praying prayers that, hey, if God doesn't show up, it doesn't happen. And so we need to be praying bigger prayers. We need to be praying for God to do what only God can do. I love how, how Eric just ended the prayer time with that. God, what only you can do. God, move in this place as only you can. And so we need to be saying, God, I want to I trust you when there is big risk involved, when there's some serious risk involved. So trusting God is taking risks despite the pain. And that, that pain sometimes can be a lot of things. It could be, hey, you know, there's a career change or a career move or a job opportunity or maybe even moving somewhere or even saying no to something. Hey, well, if I don't accept this, is there going to be anything else? You know, and so we've got to be able to say, God, you know, I want to trust you when there's a little bit of pain involved. Like it's going to cost me something. You know, I think it's always good when we got a little skin in the game. You know, I mean, you know, we, we say, hey, when you got a little skin in the game, then, you know, it means more, right? 
And so there are things that are happening. So whenever we're, we've got a part in something, we go, you know what? Hey, this is going to take some serious risk. And this, this is going to, this, you know, this is going to be painful if it doesn't work out. And, uh, but you know, God, I trust you, not me. I trust you. God, if you tell me to do it, I'm trusting you. So I want us to look at a story today. This is out of Mark chapter 5. And uh, many of you guys know this is the woman with the issue of blood or the woman that had uh, the, the bleeding that had gone on for a long time. And so what has just happened, so Jesus had just cast out some demons out of a guy uh, named Legion. The, the, the demon's name was Legion. So he cast the, the, uh, the demons out of this guy. Hit, you know, they, he put them into the swine. They run down into the lake. They drown. And so it's been a pretty, pretty eventful day. And so Jesus is kind of getting back in the boat. So Jesus got back in the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake, which is uh, the lake I was telling you guys about, lake, uh, uh, the Sea of Galilee, we call it. But it was Lake Gennesaret is how they would say it over there, where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. So this is like a freshwater lake, beautiful, beautiful area, probably one of the prettiest areas of Galilee. And then a leader of the local synagogue. So this, is, this guy comes to him. This is kind of how Mark often does things in his writings. It's kind of a sandwich type thing, like here's a story, then another story, then an, you know, the, the, kind of the wrap up to the story. So then a leader of the synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. That's a big deal. Now, we're going to kind of move past it kind of quick today, but the fact that this, the synagogue leader falls at the feet of Jesus is a big deal. There are a lot of, you know, Jewish people that go like, what in the world was wrong with him? Because, you know, they don't believe that Jesus is a Messiah. But here's the thing, we do and we know, right? And so that's a big deal right there. So pleading fervently with him, my little daughter is dying. He said, please come and lay your hands on her and heal her so she can live. This guy believes. Jesus went with him. And all the people followed, crowding around him. And a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. For 12 years she had suffered with this issue. And she had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years she had spent everything that she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. And she had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I could just touch his robe, I will be healed. So she had heard enough, you know, that she thought, man, if I could just touch his robe. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. And Jesus realized at once the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. And then the frightened woman trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. What a powerful statement. Your suffering is over. And so there's a lot I want us to unpack out of this passage today, but I think this is going to speak to a lot of us in a lot of different areas of life. You might be thinking, well, Mike, I don't have a physical issue going on. This lady had a whole lot more than just a physical issue going on. Let's kind of unpack this. So the woman had suffered for many years. That's one thing I want you to understand. There are times that we go through seasons of sacrifice, seasons of suffering, and seasons of, of, of just going like, God, where are you and what are you doing? And, and we go, you know, God, why would you do that? He's always teaching. He, he's a loving father, and he's always there. But here's the thing. He is teaching us. I think that back to Jeremiah, weeping, going, Lord, where are you? Why aren't you moving? You know, and so there's times that we have to go, you know, God, I have to trust you. Even if I don't see your hand at work, I know your heart. And so, God, I trust you. And so there may be things that you're going through that you go, you know, God, I don't see your hand at work here. But, God, I trust you. You know, and I think back to, you know, the, the guys in the fire. You know what? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hey, you know what? 
our Lord will save us. But even if he doesn't, our trust is in him, right? And so even if he doesn't, our trust is in him. And so we've got to go, you know what, God, no matter what I'm going through, I trust you. I trust you. And it's not based on me getting what I desire. It's what you want, what you want to accomplish through this. So she had suffered for many years. So the woman in the crowd suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. So for 12 years, she had struggled with this. There are times, you know, we get a headache, man, and we're mad because it's not gone the next morning, right? You know, and, and we, we go, you know what, God, you know, help me to be long-suffering, to be patient with what you want to do. What are you wanting to do? And so here's the thing I love about this, and some of us would probably go, you know, God didn't have to do that to set this up, but God was setting up a miracle that we would talk about, you know, and the people have talked about for thousands of years. Now, the crazy thing is we don't know the woman's name. We know Jairus, right? The guy, the synagogue leader, we know his name. But we don't know the woman's name. We just say it's a woman with the issue of blood. And her name doesn't even get recognized. And you go, but here's the thing. God was setting her up to teach. And God was setting her up for a miracle. And God was going to do something incredible in her life. And he would use it for thousands of years to tell people about his grace and his mercy. What a, what a beautiful picture. She suffered a great deal from many, doc, from many doctors. You know, makes it sound like maybe there was probably some abuse that went through there, taking advantage of her. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she'd gotten no better. In fact, she'd gotten worse. And oftentimes what we do is we see that, you know, there's, there's things that were done back in that day, especially that, you know, that literally weren't for her good. They were, they were actually just damaging her. So she was battling physical issues and desired healing. She had a, a, an issue of blood and she would go to these doctors and she was paying them what she had. And, you know, who knows what they were doing. They may have been, you know, bleeding her out and somewhere else. You know, there's often that mentality, um, which, you know, you got, you got too much blood in you. We need to bleed you out, whatever it could have been. So all this abuse that she went through, but she was in such need of healing and, and such a desire for healing that, man, she was willing to do whatever. And so one of the things you have to understand in the culture that she's in, the fact that she had this bleeding issue, she was ceremonially unclean. So she didn't get to go, you know, to the synagogue. She didn't get to go into the, you know, the religious services or anything. And actually, if she bumped into anybody, she would make them unclean. That was the rule and that was the law of the day. So if it, she, here she is in this crowd. She's, she's taking a major risk. So she's in this crowd, you know, and she's, she's got this issue of blood. So she's making them unclean. And even the fact that she would reach out and touch Jesus would make him unclean in their mind. But that's not that work with Jesus, right? She didn't make him unclean. He made her clean. You know, and so the cool thing is, is all these things is, you know, is weighing on her mind. So she's got this physical need, but there's way more at work here and way more going on than just a physical need that is there. And so she desired healing. She was battling possible abuse and needed emotional healing. There's no telling what she had been through, you know, but she had been, you know, damaged by these doctors, but she was, she was in need of healing in more ways than just the physical. And so she was battling a lot of things. She probably needed emotional healing. She needed to know that, number one, she was, she was accepted. She needed to know that, you know, that she was a part of something. She needed to know that maybe she'd been living in isolation, I'm sure. She's had this issue for 12 years. Nobody wanted to be around her. No one, no one wanted to touch her because it would make them unclean. And actually, if you had an issue of blood, you were supposed to have a, you know, a bell around your neck, and you were supposed to walk through, especially if you had leprosy, you're supposed to walk through and let people know, like, kind of like a goat would, that you had an issue and people would just part like the red sea and go around you because you had issues they would often want them to live in leper colonies and things like that but if you had an issue like this nobody wanted to be around you or touch you because you were unclean and so she needed way more than just a physical healing she was battling relational pain and needed acceptance she'd been isolated 
You know, she needed to know that, you know what, she was a part of something. There's some of you maybe sitting here today or some of you that are watching online and you go, man, Mike, I don't need a physical healing, but I sure do need some emotional healing and I sure do need some relational healing and I sure do need some people in my life and I need to know that, you know what, people care about what's going on in my life and where I am. You know, over the last few years, man, there's been so many people that got isolated, right? And they're struggling and they want a friend and they want somebody to, you know, act like they care about them and somebody that maybe would even be willing to take their hand and pray for them. Just a touch. Just to know that, you know what, there's people that care. In the church, we know that that's how we're supposed to be. We're to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, right? So as we're going through life, we ought to look at people and go, man, you know what, if you ever wonder why I'm a hugger, I love loving and hugging on people. Because some people, that may be the only hug they get. You know, and I think it's important whenever we smile to people, that may be the only smile they got that week, right? I mean, we're, we're sharing something. We're hopefully encouraging them. And, and so there's all kinds of needs. So she had relational pain and needed acceptance. She needed to know that, you know what, somebody cared. She was in a spiritual battle and needed God's peace. She's, you know, I'm sure she's in a wrestling match with God like many of us are. We'll go through something. We'll go, God, why are you doing this? God, why are you letting this happen? God, why? What did I do to deserve this? Oftentimes is the question we ask. And God is at work and even in that. He hasn't abandoned us. He hasn't left us. But she was in a, in a battle there. She was broke and needed God's provision. You know, man, you know, Alec did an incredible job last week teaching man i'm so proud of him he does such a great job you know and it gives me hope for the next generation right i don't know if you guys realize that guy's like 24 years old and man he's doing an incredible job so so but he was talking about how god's provision god's provision is always powerful and we've got to focus on the provider not the provision you know but here she was broke and needed god's provision she didn't have any way to pay anybody she spent everything right and so she's thinking you know hey if i can just get to jesus maybe that was so she needed god to kind of come through I love this part in Mark 27 through 28 here. It says she had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. So she had heard about Jesus. And so I wonder what all she had heard. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what all did she hear? Because we got people around, you know, in our communities and stuff that they've heard about Jesus. But I wonder what they've heard. But what she had heard gave her hope. And what she had heard gave her courage, and she thought, hey, listen, if I can just touch his robe. So she knew that there was healing in his wings. You know what I'm saying? They knew that there was healing there. They knew that he could do things that nobody else seemed to be able to do. And so she had heard enough, and, you know, and so I love that, that she, she, had just, she had heard about Jesus, and she wanted to know more about him. She'd heard about Jesus, and so she was asking She's thinking to herself, if I can just get to him, if I can just touch his robe. She had heard about him. And so I, you know, I'll just say this, you know, there's people in our lives. I hope there's people maybe here in this room or maybe people that are watching online that, you know, you're hearing about Jesus today. Maybe some of you for the first time, we never know who dials in, who, who kind of clicks on a, a service or whatever. We never know. But I know that there are often times that, you know, we've got people around us uh, that have never heard the gospel, even here in the Bible Belt. I can remember when, uh, one night, we, you know, whenever I was going to church growing up as a kid, you know, you went to church on Sunday night, and then you go out to eat afterwards. You went and ate pizza, you go to McDonald's. And so we, we're in, in McDonald's, and, and God just kind of lays it on my heart. There's this guy behind the counter, and I say, hey, man. I said, has anybody ever shared Jesus with you? And he goes, no. 
I said, do you know who Jesus is? And he goes, no. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, what, where's this dude been? You know, and, and so anyway, I ended up, we just kind of step over to the side, and I ended up sharing the gospel with this guy. And he goes, well, I'm going to think about that. And so we never know who's around us who's never heard about Jesus. And, and, and here's the thing, we have the responsibility as the church, and that's, it's not just the church, that's you, that's me, that's all of us that we claim to be followers of Christ. We are the church. It's not this building. So we have the responsibility, we have the commissioning to, to literally be the voice that goes out and tells people about Jesus. And we tell about him in a lot of different ways. We, we need to have a verbal communication about that. We need to be telling people what we have experienced and what we've seen. I love this morning back in the back, we were praying and we were just thanking God for what he's done in, you know, in the two services that we have. But we were thanking him in advance for what we're going to experience in the next weekend in the three services. Going ahead and saying, God, we want to thank you in advance for what's on its way and what we're going to experience. And even the things that we don't even know about that you're bringing our way. God, we just want to thank you in advance for that. And so people need to hear us say thank you, God, on a lot of things. But they also need to see us live it out. So we not only say it with our mouth, but we say it with our life. How we live, how we give, how we serve, no matter what we do, you know, how, what we're doing, how we respond, how we react. And so we're part of that witness. And so she had heard about Jesus. Now I love this passage here. This is out of Romans. It says, in fact, it says, the message is very close at hand and it is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. This is, this is Paul writing to the church at Rome. He's talking about, hey, this is the message we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the message. That's the gospel. Sometimes we want to complicate the gospel, but the gospel is simple. A child can put his faith in Christ. A, a child and, and someone who is older can put their faith in Christ. Anybody who says, you know what, I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. I believe he's the son of God. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he died and was laid in a tomb. I believe he was resurrected by the power of God. And I believe that he has defeated death, grave, and the sin. And I believe that God has literally set me free. And so I want to receive this gift by faith. It's by faith, right? So when we look at that, that's the gospel. And so what Paul is saying, hey, this is what we preach. And what I'm telling you guys, it's not what we preach here on the stage. It's what we collectively as a church preach as we're going through our day and we're going through our week. We should be preaching this gospel no matter where we go. He says, for it is by believing your heart that you are made right with God. It's by faith, right? Faith. And it's by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Whenever we go through the waters of baptism, we say, man, I want everybody to know that Christ lives in me. I, have, I, I was broken, I was a wretch, I was a sinner, I needed to be saved. And so I asked Jesus to come into my life to forgive me of my sins. And his word says that he will literally wash me white as snow. And so I believe that, I trust in him. And so therefore I put my trust in him, I have surrendered my life to him. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And so when we say buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in the newness of life, you are testifying to everybody that you know, you know what, I, that, that old man is dead, that guy is gone, that person is no longer here, but I want to live for Christ. And, I, and here's the thing, what am I doing? I'm declaring it. I'm declaring it. It's part of the declaration. So if you've never followed Christ in believer's baptism, you say, well, Mike, I prayed a prayer one time. That's good. But you need to go public with that. You need to let everybody know that Christ lives in you. It's not something we hide. It's something we declare. Right? So we, we need to say, God, I want everybody to know that. Look at this. And the scriptures tell us anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. How awesome is that? So the woman with the issue of blood is saying, hey, listen, 
she's been disgraced for years, right? But here, she, whenever she chooses Jesus, he's going to say, hey, listen, man, your faith has, has, has healed you. And he said, hey, listen, and you go and you're not going to suffer anymore. So all the disgrace is gone, right? How, how beautiful is that? So Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. And so maybe that's what you need to hear today. Man, I just need to call on Christ. Yes. You don't have to do a lot of stuff. It's not a checklist of, hey, let me do all these things and maybe God will accept me. No, he's already saying, hey, listen, I'll accept you if you accept my son. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will what? Be saved. You say, Mike, I know people that say they've called on the Lord, but man, they don't live like they're saved. It's because they, they, here's the thing, it's not just what you do with your mouth, it's what you do with your heart. And if God gets your heart, he changes everything. If God gets your heart, he changes your mind. If God gets your heart, he changes your life. If God gets your heart, he changes everything about you. He changes the way you act, the way you respond. So it's, it's changing everything. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? I mean, that's what Paul is saying to the church at Rome. How can they call on him unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? So remember what it said that she had heard about Jesus. She had heard about Jesus. And so it's important that we are telling people about Christ. So, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? We have the Great Commission, right? We are sent. We are called, we are commissioned, we are sent. And that is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Good news means gospel. How beautiful are the feet. So let's look at this. She was willing to risk it all because she believed in Jesus. Because, and here's the thing. She believed in Jesus because of what she had what? Heard about Jesus. She believed in Jesus because of what she had heard about Jesus. That, so I, I think that's powerful. I think that, that just speaks to, hey, what are we doing? She was willing to risk the crowd's rejection once more for the needed healing. She was willing to press through the crowd. She was willing to do whatever. Now, and, and she even kind of tried to get in behind Jesus and touch his robe. Just if I could touch his robe. If I could touch his robe. And I, th I think some people go, well, no, G didn't Jesus know who was, who was you know, touching him? Because he asked, who touched me? But I think it's kind of like whenever my boys would do something wrong and I knew who had done it, I said, hey, who did this? Did y'all ever do that? You're giving them an opportunity to come clean. You want them to tell what has happened. And so Jesus turns around. He says, who, who touched me? And the disciples are like, you know, everybody's touching you. Everybody's pushing in. They're crowding in. We're having to fight them back. We're having to keep them back. What do you mean who touched you? Everybody's trying to touch you. But Jesus knew that somebody was there. And it says he kind of kept looking around. And it's kind of like, hey, you know, I, I just want to, he wanted to see her response. I believe he wanted to see her response. And when finally she comes forward trembling in fear, sh you know, shaking, I mean, he just speaks peace over her. How beautiful is that? And, and, and so she was willing to risk the crowd's rejection. So here's a question for us. So what are we willing to risk because we have heard about Jesus? What are you willing to risk because you've heard about Jesus? Next Saturday morning, and I thought this was just a simple one. You know, I'm asking, our staff is asking, our leadership is asking, hey man, we need you guys to come together and let's pray. And so a lot of people would say, well, Mike, that's a Saturday morning. That's a Saturday morning. I mean, like, you know, that's when I sleep in. 
That's when I go hunting. That's when I go fishing. That's when I go play golf. That's when I go do whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, so what, what, what does it cost me? What does it cost you sometimes so that people might hear about Jesus? So I think sometimes we have to ask, you know, who is really, who, who is really the God in my life? Is it my hobby? Is it my sleep? Is it my, is it my comfort? Or is it the God of the universe? And so, I, so the, the leadership is asking, I mean, we need you guys to be here to pray. Because we're praying for God to do something supernatural, not only in our schools, but here on Sunday morning, next Sunday morning. We're praying, we're praying for souls to be saved. We're praying for lives to be changed. We're praying for people, captives to be set free. I don't know if you realize that. We pray that every week. You might say, well, what's different? We're going to three services. Man, there's a little bit of disruption going on. And we're praying for God to smooth things out. And we're praying for people to come and go, you know what? I haven't been able to come because your hours didn't work with my schedule. But man, now they do. So, so well, the question is, what are we willing to risk because we have heard about Jesus? Are we willing to risk a Saturday? Are we willing to risk a little bit of time? Are we, are we willing to go and pray at a school and pray for God to move in the hearts of those kids who are in there cutting themselves because they don't feel acceptance and they don't feel, you know, any, any feeling anymore because they've been wounded so much? Do we, do, are we willing to go to the schools and pray for the teachers that they would really teach these kids that, you know what, there's, there's, a, there's a God and He loves you by the way they live and what they can say? Are we willing to pray for the leadership over those schools? Are we willing to do those things? And so the question is, you know, what are we willing to risk or what are we willing to give up so that, you know what, that maybe the hand of God, what if God said, hey, listen, I'm going to move on that church and I'm going to move on that community. I'm going to move in those schools, but I'm waiting to see if these people will actually pray. And we see that happen throughout scripture. You know, that he, he says, hey, listen, if my people will pray, if they'll humble themselves and pray, I'll heal their land. So what, what, what if the movement that we're waiting on is for God's people to pray, but yet we go, you know, Mike, that's, that's just not in my schedule. What if you put your schedule aside for a minute and you say, you know what, I'm going to be there. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray my heart out. And I'm, I'm going to pray for God to move in this place. So here's another question. Who has heard about Jesus because of you? Who has heard about Jesus because of you? What have they heard? You know, and so I've, I've got a simple list here. Has your family heard about Jesus because of you? Has your have your friends heard about Jesus because of you? See, a lot of us have friends that we go, man, they need Jesus. Well, have they heard about Jesus because of you? Or do you just always say, man, they live like hell. They, you know, they are, they're bad. Or have they heard the, you know, have they heard the truth? Have they heard about the love of God? Here's another one. What about your neighbors? Do your neighbors even know that you're a believer? They know that you love Christ. They know that you're living for Him. Here's another one. What about our coworkers? Do your coworkers know that you're a, a believer? Do they know that you follow Christ? Do they know that you know Him personally? And, and the thing is, is I would hate to, for any of these people to get to the end of their life and they're standing there at judgment and they find out that you knew about Jesus and you didn't tell them. That's going to be a tough day. And so we've got to be able to say, you know, God, I, I, I want to... I want to be a messenger. And I'm just telling you, it's a decision we make. It's a decision that we have to make every day, every moment. Because we don't know what our conversations are going to be. I was just having a conversation in the back about a, a family where their son um, died of a fentanyl overdose. Just going to smoke a little pot, that's all it was, but it happened to be laced and he's gone. 
young guy. Happens all the time. I was actually at the hospital last night praying over a little girl. Same thing. Thank God she's still alive. But we don't know when's her last day. So why would we just go through life and not be messengers of this good news? People that know us ought to have heard about Jesus by now. And so we've got to be able to say, God, I, I want to tell somebody. So here's the Great Commission. If you're going, oh, we know my, I don't really feel called to that. This is what we're told. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said, hey, listen, this is what we all should be doing. This is not just, hey, that's not Pastor Mike. No, this is all believers. This is our commission. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, and I will, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. He said, listen, I will be with you. Just do these things. That's what we're called to do, right? If we really care about people, we really, we really love people, and we love Jesus, and we love God, then we're going to do those things. It's not an option. It's not like, well, that's only for a select few. No, 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 it's just for the church. It's for everybody. I love this passage here. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's the only way. And you might say, well, that sounds exclusive. It is. There's a lot of religions out there that will teach you all kinds of garbage. There's some that will even say, there's all kinds of roads that lead to heaven. But I'm telling you what Jesus said. He says, I am the only way. And He is who we worship. He is who we follow. He is who we are, have modeled our lives after. There's some chairs here at the front. I'm going to ask Ashton to bring a chair out. And, and there's some chairs here. And we, we do this often. We pray over these empty seats. These empty seats that you see beside you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. And so we pray over these empty chairs. We do this on every Saturday gathering for prayer. And we'll pray over these chairs and we pray for God to fill them with people that are lost. People that are caught in their captives. They're caught in something. They're trapped. For people that are looking for hope. For people that, you know, have never heard about Jesus. That our people will invite someone to fill those chairs. And so we've got these chairs out here and we're going to have them out at the end of the service for you to go up and, and write somebody's name on. So I want you to, you know, I've been asking you for weeks, who's your one? You know, and, and so I would even say this, who's, who's the family that you're bringing with you next week? Who are the families that you're bringing with you next week? That you're going, you know, God, who, who, can, I, who can I reach out to? Who can I ask? And if you don't know anybody yet, start praying now. You should have already been praying about that, but go, you know, God, who, who can I ask to come and join me? next Sunday. And I'm telling you, my, my prayer, you know, it, we're going to be kicking off a series called, you know, uh, A Place to Belong. And we want somebody to literally feel like, you know what, this is where they could sink roots. This is where they can say, I have acceptance. This is where I can grow. This is where I can make a difference. And so I want to ask you, if you would, there's, there's going to be markers down here. And I want you to take that marker, and I want you to write somebody's name on it. I've got somebody in, in my mind that I'm praying for that God is going to literally do something special in their life. And I'm praying for God to fill a chair here with them. I'm going to invite them. I'm going to do everything I can to get them there. That's just one. And so I want, I want you to do that. And so in a few minutes, every one of us ought to be going to the front because we're all called, right? write their name down as a sign of commitment to say, I will pray for them. I will share with them. I will tell them what Jesus has done. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. God, you've given us another opportunity to proclaim the gospel. God, you've given us another opportunity to share hope. 
God, you've given us another opportunity to make a difference. And God, I pray that this church, God, that every one of us, every believer in this room, those that are watching online, God, that we would be moved by your spirit. God, we would, we would just literally just be thinking about people that don't know you, God, that need to know you. God, we would, we would pray for their salvation. We would pray for their healing. God, we would pray for their freedom. God, we would stand in the gap. So God, I'm asking you to move in this place. I pray that if there's anybody in this room that does not know you right now, God, that they would put their faith in you for salvation. They would surrender their life. They would receive the free gift of eternal life. Not because of anything that we do to earn it, God, but because of what you did on the cross by sending your son Jesus to die that we might live, that we might be forgiven. When we confess our sins, that you are faithful and just and will forgive us of all unrighteousness. God, thank you for that promise. And so, God, today I pray that if there's anybody in this room, that, God, they would confess their sins. They would leave them at the foot of the cross. They would trust you to work in them and through them. And, God, that people would hear about what Jesus has done in our life because we are called to do that. We are commissioned to do that. And, God, you've trusted us to do that. Father, work in this time. Move in this moment. And, God, let us get out of our comfort zone. Let us take a risk and watch you work. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to ask you in just a minute to write a name on one of these, t- one of these chairs. But maybe, maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Christ. You, if you prayed to receive Christ today, man, we want to walk with you. Maybe you've got a few questions. We've got a prayer team. We've got counselors here that will help you. They'll walk you through that. But don't leave here not knowing Jesus. Don't leave here and not be committed to telling people about Jesus.